Expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. And I'm not picking it back up. And you're not. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, The Great Reality. Dave Fleming is in the house. What's up? Hey, Dave. Marv's here. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Morning. Denver, are you you here? Are you? I'm I'm, I'm here. Are you? Yeah. Are you? And in the studio with us this week, our very special guest co-host, Mr. Gregory Cruz. Yeah. Hey, Greg. Hey, what's up, guys? He's special, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I feel special. And, and we have uh, we have uh, affectionately titled this episode The Recovery Cruise. The Recovery Cruise. You yeah. did a good job. Uh, you like the graphic? Yeah, I do. It looked, like a, job. it looked like an adverb. For an entertainer on a cruise ship, right? It, you had your tuxedo. It did. It, it was. I was really impressed. Was, wasn't that cool? <laughs> it was, was. going to be like a bad karaoke night. <laughs> wasn't that cool? <laughs> I wanted to take you to come up with that one. Yeah, huh? Midnight. <laughs> Him and Cecil's Midnight. late in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, it's great to have uh, Gregory Cruz with us uh, because he's going to be sharing his experience, strength, and hope. What it was like. Mm. What happened mm. and what it's like today? Absolutely. Uh, and, and so it's going to be it's going to be some. We're going to have some fun, and we're, and we're definitely going to have some fun before we uh, we hear your story. Mm. Um, but I just want to tell everybody that uh, every, everybody that's prayed for us, everybody that has donated, our major sponsors, our gold sponsors, our platinum sponsors, all those guys, um, because uh, we were. It was getting a little sketchy there for a bit, but we made all our expenses and then some. And so we were able to actually order some Take 12 Recovery Radio coffee mugs for the first time in 15 years. (laughs) The first batch came through and it didn't, they didn't, 
actually get it right, so I got a refund. Um, but I've got I've got limited a limited order in, guys. If you want one, you need to email me at take12radio at comcast.net. Uh, they're seventeen dollars, and we make uh, about two bucks basically, um, and that goes to help keep us on the air. But you need to email me at take twelve radio at comcast.net, and then I'll send you the link on how you can pay for those and how you can get one in the mail. But it's first come first serve. So, and I've already got several of them reserved. So get on that thing. Mm. Get on that thing, Dan. I, I was just Giddy curious. Up. I was curious what the uh, the wrong ones came in like. The wrong ones didn't have Take Twelve Recovery Radio on the back. They mm. only had they only had the Monty Man on the front. Mm. Oh yeah, you need the right. Take 12 so we got we got Take Twelve Recovery Radio on the back on, right. on their way. Yes, Good. yes. There you go. All right. Well, <clears throat> as things would have it. Stop Uh-oh. right there. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. <laughs> got one. That's yeah. right. I got one, too. All do right. you? Yeah, we all yeah, do. I, do. I got one. Ooh, you got wines. Who wants to go first? I don't care. Go ahead, Dave. What do you want to whine is, about? This is a fresh... Childish pranks. You don't like childish pranks? So, this happened... Like at two o'clock this morning, two two thirty this morning, right? Some bleep, child, <laughs> some bleep, child, some bleep, uh, rang my doorbell at two thirty in the morning, <laughs> and of course my dogs went nuts. <laughs> I didn't hear it. My wife heard it. I heard the dogs. Greg, but, you said you weren't going to do that, right? <laughs> and you know, so I'm, you know, I, and, yeah, I was half asleep, and you know, I'm trying to like. Dressed and right, get my club, and I go outside, and you know, of course, there's somebody around. I was like, whatever, <laughs> go crawl back in bed. And so this morning, I got up to go put the garbage out, and I went to go investigate, and just yeah, uh, I thought for whatever reason, I had this in my brain that well, I wonder if it's one of those boneheads that you know, like goes going around stealing people's flags because I have a flag out oh, in front of sure, my house. Sure. Um, so I went out, and flag was still there. Uh, it was wrapped around the pole. And then I walked around a little bit, and I seen this, like, it almost looked like a bicycle tire. Yeah. Uh, groove about six, eight foot long in front of my uh, oh. mailbox. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I look over next door, and the broom that was sitting in front of my house is laying in front of my neighbor's, uh, in front of my neighbor's house. So they, I don't know what they were doing. If they were, so I'm gonna get the the guy across the street. He's got a camera out in front of his house. Yeah, and I'm go back and look and see if he can see anybody that, and or what the deal is. I don't know if they took the broom and, you know, hit hit the doorbell with the broom and then ran off with it and then dropped it <laughs> as they were running away. I don't know. It's just I'm like really. We should ask the, the guy with childish. The- the guy with the camera, is it one of those doorbell cameras? No, it's actually, he's got it, it's like the ones at the center. Oh, okay, he's got so it's it elevated. sitting outside above his garage, so. Okay, so nobody, I don't know if the, nobody could sit in front of it and lick it for three hours, <laughs> like, like that one guy did. <laughs> wow. A few, few shows back. <laughs> we had a, a guy actually got caught licking one of those ring doorbells. Oh, wow. In front of somebody's house. He was like licking it for three hours. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> That's yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm on a doorbell. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe he was looking at 
licking the handle <laughs> on my door on my truck. I don't know. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm going to go talk to the neighbor and see if he caught anything on, on camera. <clears throat> It was just yeah. Send so him over luckily, to Mars house. <laughs> luckily, nothing was you know broken or stolen right. that I know of. Uh, but yeah, no gas it was missing. Just, okay, you know, challenge yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, pranks. at least there wasn't a flaming bag on my front oh. porch. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, remember what? those? Uh, yeah. Huh. yeah, huh? I do. I do. Everybody went through that one, yeah. or know somebody that. Did or saw it in a movie or whatever. I never did it, but, <laughs> yeah. but I was with the guys who did, but I ne- didn't actually do it myself. But uh-huh. that was only two weeks ago. <laughs> you can't run fast enough. Everyone's to do I know, it. right? The brain right? bag at least once. Yeah, Monty's the getaway driver. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Denver, what's your wine? All right, I'm up at the Jamboree and uh, coming to the end of the sale. Okay, there. well, tell everybody because a lot of people who listen to the show aren't from here. What's the Jamboree? Oh, yeah. Here, here in Oregon, we got a little festival up in Sweet Home, Oregon. It's uh, where a lot of the what I consider pop country stars right. show up to. Hank was there and he drew up a more uh, drunken, mature crowd. <laughs> you talking Can about, we say? You're talking about <laughs> Hank, Hank Jr.? Yeah, Junior. That's why Marv doesn't go to these things. So, anyways, yeah, I'm up there, and it come to the end of the sale, and I was ready to get something, so I th- thought I'd grab a pizza. So I ran down there to uh, Figaro's. I'm not ashamed to say the name out loud. Uh, and I remember them being a pretty reasonable pizza, pretty good. Yeah. So I ordered a, a medium, uh, or a large, excuse me, that looked like a small, and a, a medium that looked like a smaller. yeah. And uh, I said extra cheese on it, you know, and I'm thinking this is going to come to a $22 bill or something. I walk out of there $30 plus. What? Yeah, 30 for a U-bake. I had them bake it there at that point. Wow. I said, I just need it baked. Wow. And uh, anyways, the extra cheese, I, I could see the crust underneath and the toppings were so minimal. And maybe it was the... Uh, Jamboree weekend, they had to shave a little bit of everything to make money or something. I don't know. My goodness. But uh, I was horribly displeased. I got on Facebook and posted my displeasure about their... uh, And Tony would be saying, burn them down. Yeah, burn them down in Tony's honor. Somebody came back, one of my friends here in Lebanon says, yeah, but it was yummy. And I got to tell you, I know you're probably not listening, but anybody that is, it wasn't yummy. It was dry cardboard pizza. Wow. So, uh, Figaro's, you lost some business there. There you go. Me. Yeah. And we have no mm. problem throwing people under the bus no. on this radio program. No. We're, just, <laughs> we're just not really going to burn them down. We're not going to burn you down. Yes. Don't take that literally. <laughs> yeah, <Don't> right. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't do that. Knocking on our I, door. I'm not promoting burning Figaro's down. <laughs> it's, don't get it's that. It's a phrase. Re- it's yeah. just a phrase. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, I, 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 I really, hindsight, you know, I wish I had just uh, went over there to my local like, people I used to go to all the time right? and got their pizza. But Figueroa's was right there in front of my nose. I swung in, got it, and sure. went home. You know, yeah, that's Dis- too bad. Dis- displeased. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Been better off buying one. Not of those good. Frozen ones. Yeah. DeJourno. Dollar ninety nine for ten of them. <laughs> well, check this out. And, and, and here's my wine. And by the way, the reason we do a weekly wine is there is entirely too many people in too good of a mood in the world. Life is too short. Wow. You've got to have an opportunity <laughs> to complain, whine, and moan. Oh, that makes me smile. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that used to bug me all the time is work at this place, and you know, every time you walk by somebody, you'd be like, 
Well, how you doing? Good. Yeah. Everything's good. Lie. Everybody's good. Yeah, so let's just get it out on the table. You know, spend some quality time whining. I actually always kind of appreciate it. Like, whenever I go somewhere and ask someone how their day is going, and they say, oh, not so good, I'm like, Amen. I'm like, yeah, right. that's real. You're you know being I mean? real. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. So, yeah. My, my favorite one now is, uh, how you doing? Complicated. <laughs> Complicated. <laughs> huh? Oh, my goodness. Well, listen to this. Imagine you're a man. You think everything about you looks like a man should look. You have short hair, a little scruff on your face. When you were born, the doctor said, it's a boy, Right. And that's how your parents raised you. You've always shopped for guys' clothes. No one has ever called you anything other than a boy, guy, dude, or man. Then one day, (laughs) at the restaurant, the waiter asks you, Can I get you anything to drink, ma'am? If feeling like a man by being called ma'am would be uncomfortable, jarring, or at least surprising, perhaps you can imagine what it might feel like to be perceived as a gender other than your own. Most of us never question or think about our gender, but it is an essential part of our identity. And given the endlessly diverse ways people experience their gender, their bodies, and their masculinity or femininity, it's a wonder there are so few words to describe it, except there are actually at least dozens of gender terms. And Facebook is now offering its users numerous options to present their gender identity to their Facebook friends in the same way they do in the real world, or a different way, because, hey... It's your gender, and you can do what you want, right? Well, in fact, according to the National Organization for Gender Identity, yes, there's a real organization, it's a person's God-given right to deem themselves as any gender term they choose to manufacture, such as, and these are real ones, blah, 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 gender, neogender, pacogender, and the newest gender identification coming out of Southern California, homeless gender. Suggesting that being homeless is a gender. <laughs> if any of us were to be critical of someone being homeless, oh. then we would be accused of, accused of being a gender bigot, and they're infringing on the person's basic human right to identify as the gender of choice. So here's my gender. You ready? Is this a wine? Yes. Okay. I have decided to identify <laughs> as decided. as NTP gender. My gender is non-taxpayer. <laughs> All right, we'll see how that is. That goes. a real one, or did you make that one up? No, that's my. You can make your own up, and people have to honor it. It's unconstitutional not to, right? So that's my gender. Now, if you try to make me pay taxes, you're infringing on my God-given right to identify with my gender as anything, including homeless. So I'm going to be non-taxpayer. Therefore, I am no longer paying taxes because it's part of my gender. So there you go. <laughs> What do you think about that, IRS? Another (laughs) late night for Monty, apparently. (laughs) In fact, I think all of us here ought to know what to say. I think we all ought to identify as non-taxpayer gender. (laughs) Well, you know, if if you look it up on on YouTube, there's lots of videos that tell you why we don't have to pay taxes. Oh, Dave's honing in on this conspiracy (laughs) side of the... As you read those manuals as you're sitting in prison. <laughs> yeah, you'll have something to read in there. But now you can, you know, identify as a non-taxpayer gender, and then you don't have to pay your taxes. I'm a, I'm well, a, you would think that I'm would be squirrel. the case. But it's interesting because these things, you know, they're not, they're, they're not, they don't work because 
Well, it's right. obvious why. Really? So that's mm. uh, that's 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 my wine, and of course, if we're gonna have a wine, and now it's time for the Monty Man's weekly win because we have to say something positive. Oh my! <laughs> that's right. So. I think I think Cecil's got a little ditty here for uh, a Happy couple of folks. Happy birthday to Mike McNear and Cameron David Meyer. We love you guys. Happy birthday! <laughs> That's right. Uh, my good friend Mike McNear lives uh, in the in I think the Dallas or Houston area, and uh, my son Cameron Cameron David Meyer are celebrating their birthdays today. And uh, Mike's a, a dear, dear and very close friend. And, and uh, Cameron, of course, is my, my oldest boy. Um, so there you go. There's a win for you mm. right there. My other win is Greg's in the studio. And he's going to be sharing his mm. story. Yes. And uh, that's going to be a good thing. So happy birthday to <laughs> Michael and to Cameron. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back. And we're going to play a little Take 12 trivia and see if we can stump Greg. <laughs> All righty. So don't go away. We'll be back right after this. Hey, everybody. It's the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio inviting you to help us celebrate National Recovery Month by attending Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges. When? September 6th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Riverfront Park Amphitheater in Salem, Oregon. The main event kicks off at 5 p.m. and is free Free, free, to everyone. A DJ, live music, speakers, food, games, fellowship, and it's family-friendly. So bring the kiddos. Hands Across the Bridge is an annual event held to celebrate recovery from addiction and mental health challenges and to remember those we have lost. It's a time when we gather across the Center Street Bridge to honor our fallen loved ones and to show that recovery is possible, especially when we do it together. Listen, if you have any questions about the event or if you're interested in becoming a vendor or a sponsor, please call Loretta at 503-393-4273. That's Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges, September 6th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Riverfront Park Amphitheater. Salem, Oregon. Don't forget to stop by the Tank 12 Recovery Radio booth and say hi to the Monty Man. The 2019 Hands Across the Bridge is brought to you by the Marion Polk Peer Coalition. All righty. Welcome back to the great reality here at Take 12 Recovery Radio. We're going to try to stump Greg Cruz here. <laughs> PC uh, trivia. Is, no. this, is this the roast we're talk- <laughs> that Dave's been talking about? Oh no, <laughs> not yet. Yeah. And now, and now, it's the quiz of the week. That's right, everybody. It's time for Take Twelve Radio's Quiz of the Week, sponsored by that recovery magazine, the Twelve Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, here's the Monty Man. That's right. Thank you, Cecil. Okay, so um, we're going to play... There we go. Uh, We're going to play three song clips. 
And these are songs with the the word or the root word cruise in them. In honor of Greg <laughs> Cruz. Okay, now here's here's the thing though. Okay. You only get to listen to the clip one time. I'm not going to replay it. So you got to listen very carefully. All right. So I want to know who's singing this song. And I'll give you multiple cho- I'll give you multiple uh, choices. I'll give you three choices. All right. So you ready for clip number one? Yeah. That's All right. Here is song clip number one. We're looking for the name of the people singing this song with the word cruise in it. Is that George Jones, Frankie Ford, or Merle Haggard? Greg, you take a guess first. <laughs> Come on, Greg. Hey, batter. If up. you get it wrong, <laughs> that's, oh. what, that's what you get. Oh, money. Okay. George um, Jones, Frankie Ford, or Merle Haggard, Greg? Oh, you're roasted already. Yeah. Just take a guess. Yeah. Say it again. Is it George Jones, Frankie Ford, or Merle Haggard? Merle Haggard. Okay, Denver, what do you think? Oh, my goodness. Why would you even do that to me? It's B. <laughs> Frankie Ford. Okay, what do you think, Marv? B. Frankie Ford, what do you think there, Dave? B. <laughs> We're dating you, Greg. Why couldn't you guys start with Dave or something and then let me... Because <laughs> you're our guest. <laughs> so, sorry, Greg. <laughs> it ain't Merle. No, it ain't That's Merle. Good. If he's saying a song like that, well... Yeah. Uh, you guys are correct. Get the Denver Bell. Uh, it was Frankie Ford. All right, here is song number two. Listen closely. If you're gonna fly away, then you're going my way. I love you when we're cruising together. Okay. Was that Andy Gibb and Barbara Streisand? Pink and Jennifer Lopez? Are Huey Lewis and Glenneth Paltrow? Greg, what do you think? A. Andy Gibb and Barbara Streisand? Okay. Marv? I'm going to say C. C. Huey Lewis and Glenneth Paltrow? Dave, what do you think? A. Andy Gibb and Barbara Streisand? What do you think there? This sounds like an Andy song. I'm going with A. Okay. Well, Marv is correct. <laughs> Huey? <laughs> yeah, it was Huey Lewis and Glenneth oh. Paltrow. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, Huey. All right. All right. Here's your last one. This is, you can redeem yourself here there, Greg. <clears throat> here we go. Baby, you were so and you made me want to roll my windows down and cruise. All right. Was that Garth Brooks, Brooks and Dunn, or Florida Georgia Line? Oh, that's easy. What do you think, Greg? A. Garth Brooks? Denver? <laughs> uh, what was the C one? Uh, Florida. Florida Georgia uh, Line? Yeah, that's them. That's them. What do you think, Marv? Florida. What do you think, Dave? C. Yeah, Greg, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Man. That was pop country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the pop country sound of Florida Georgia Line. You betcha. Well, there you go. Not too good. Sorry, he picked right? on you country wise. Yeah. That does it for Take 12 Trivia for this episode. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> ta, 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 ta. 
Okay, many have asked, uh, why do you play these stupid, silly games before you get to the uh, core of the show? Well, the reason is, is because we spent too many years not having fun. Mm-hmm. It's time to have fun in recovery. So, you know, Rule 62 and all that stuff, and get over yourself. Gotta um, loosen it up and li- get ready and lo- loosen that, that, That's right. Lighten the mood. That's and- right. You got to do that kind of stuff. By the way, uh, the little ditty to open up the show, that little sound clip was Smokey Robinson, uh, who is also a recovery 12-stepper buddy. And uh, that song was Let's Cruise by Smokey Robinson. Very, very old song. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone in the studio is not very, very old. He's probably <laughs> the youngest one here, right? Probably. Is uh, probably my friend Greg that. Cruz. And uh, we've affectionately titled this, this show The Recovery Cruise. Um, so, Greg, we've known each other. How long would you say we've known each other? Oh, since uh, the beginning of 2017. Okay. So... What was going on, man? Because you, you you look healthy, you look, you know, I mean, there's a sparkle in your eye, you got a great job, you're doing good, but you weren't always doing that well. No. What know. happened? What was it like and what it's like today? Go ahead, brother. <clears throat> what was it like? What um, happened to you, man? I mean, what was what brought you to the point to where you decided that you probably are going down a path that isn't yeah. suiting you well? Um, you know, so I just want well, first I want to say thank you for inviting me on the show, Moni. Uh, I was super excited to come and just share my story, my experience, strength, and hope, and just so this this is kind of where where things sort of stem off a little bit different in my life. Um, so growing up was like very little to no structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom she was uh, uh, addict for twenty one plus years, and so my dad was in prison most of my life growing up. Uh, you know, I remember my mom when she went to prison when I was 13. I was homeless in Bend, Bend, Oregon, trying to situate my life and kind of find out any type of meaning or purpose, which I couldn't find any meaning or purpose besides in a bag of marijuana at a young age. Yeah. And uh, how old were you when you started smoking pot? Uh, I was about 12. Okay. 12 to 13. Yeah. But, uh, in 2017, when I first met you, Monty, <laughs> still kind of young, you know, and I was just at a transition in my life where I kind of like still had that mentality where I think I know it all. You guys familiar with that? You guys ever see that? No. I'm fam- well, familiar with yours. Nah. <laughs> I was going to say familiar yeah. with you. Yeah. We never thought like yeah. that. <laughs> we knew we right? knew it all. <laughs> <laughs> So that there was a there was this time where I when I had first I had went to a beautiful program called Daunt Teen Challenge in 2017. Um, I stayed for four months and I got this overconfidence attitude. Thought I had it all figured out. Thought I had this licked. Did you? And I did not. <laughs> and uh, an unfortunate series of events. I ended up leaving the program. Went out, did some more research. Found out there was nothing out there for me. Uh, and so what actually kind of brought me back into a transition of my life to start moving into the direction where I'm at today was um, it was in a jail cell. Um, I had uh, got arrested, and when I got arrested, the the police officer, he, he's like, I wasn't booking. They all know me by my first name, and they said, well, Mr. Cruz, this is your... We should give you a slice of pizza. And I was like, why? And he's like, because it's your 21st birthday. And I was like, what's that mean? And he's like, this is your 21st arrest. Oh, wow. 
And uh, and I remember just sitting there, just kind of in shame. Just got arrested. I knew that, I, but I, it always takes a pair of handcuffs. It seems like for me to like start thinking different. Hmm. You know, because in in my addiction, I can't think past the next into the next day, let alone the next hour. Right. And uh, you know, so here I am. I'm, I'm sitting in this jail cell. And uh, I, I remember kind of battling back and forth in my head. I, w- I was living with a friend. She was a nurse. She was in her addiction. Um, so I had a place to go to when I got out. I had a vehicle to drive. Kind of just everything that I needed to co-sign my addiction. And uh, so I, w- I had found out that I was only getting 20 days in jail. And uh, my mom said, Greg, what do you think about going back to the program of Adult and Teen Challenge? And I remember looking at my mom and I said, absolutely not. <laughs> and I remember thinking that inside of my head just because I knew what I was going to be walking into because I was in the program once for four months. Right. And uh, and it was just summertime. This is this is beginning of June 2018. I just find out I'm getting this little bit of time. And we can always be the best liars to ourselves. I thought that I was going to get out. I was going to do this. I was going to do this. wasn't going to do that. And... Uh, I remember sitting in this jail cell. I'm detoxing super bad. Um, I'm what were you detoxing off of opiates? I, or? I was detoxing off opiates off, yeah. of, off of uh, heroin. So you were a pretty sick guy. Yes, yes, yeah. I was. And um, I was in the hole because I got upset because I had actually an abscess in my arm. Before I went to jail, they, they ended up taking me down to the hospital and they had to cut an abscess out of my out of my arm. So here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm in this cell and I'm detoxing. I sweat all over myself. I have this this chunk of skin taken out of my arm. It's bandaged up. Um, I felt like the guards were being kind of mean to me because they were just sick of seeing this guy come in and yeah. all the time and just doing this to himself. And uh, I knew I needed a change. I knew that something had to happen. I knew that I was always capable of more, but I could never find that. I could never speak fluently when I was in my addiction. I always mumbled over my words. And uh, I remember sitting in the jail cell and I put my hands in the air and I said, God, if you want me to go back to Teen Challenge, then you need to do a serious heart change right now. And I remember like this overwhelming feeling came over me and I just started crying in my cell. And I couldn't wait to get out of my cell the next time to call my mom and be like, Mom, I want to go back. I'm ready to go back. Get on the phone. Call the director. I want to go. And uh, that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. And... uh, you know, so so here I am. My mom picks me up. She wouldn't let me go get any of my clothes from my friend's house. She took me and bought me all new clothes. And she had took me to the program. And uh, I just like, well, I just want to say that God is like definitely in the business of doing restoration. Um, just the change from when I first came in the program, the way I think, the things that I say, the motivation that I have for a relationship with Christ, the the strength that I have today to overcome the walls that I hit in mm-hmm. recovery and being able to get over the, those walls is something that I've never been able to experience. Um, there's been times, you know, recently that I'm like, this is overwhelming and I pray and I give it to God. Yeah. And it's like, and there's times that I don't even want to pray that prayer, but I pray that prayer and, uh, it gives me like enough motivation and strength just to press on past it and change my thinking or my thought pattern or whatever I'm doing. Cause I see how it's going to lead into a negative effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I first, when I went back into the program, <laughs> here I am, 
I like I remember my first day was just like I'm sitting there going back from my head like do I really want to be here do I really want to be here and I found, and I made this decision it was like the first two days I was back in the program I was like you know what I was like what do I have to lose by just sticking this out and watching the season change when what a beautiful place that you can come to when you can watch the season change all the seasons change a time for healing a time for restoration a time to find a different meaning and purpose. And most importantly, Monty, like you've always said, we think that we're coming to a place like that to for recovery, but really we're coming there to be to maximum service to God. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so life being from, uh, uh, can I say what my addiction was and how it was? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so from being, I started my heroin addiction in 2017, and it's it's so crazy. Like I look at my mugshots and the person that I am today, and it's just like I see God's hand all over it. Wow. Okay. And you know, I started my heroin addiction when I was eighteen years old. And just to fast forward from then to all the arrests, all the hurt to my family that I've caused, um, to where I'm at now, it's like now I get to put on a suit and go to work. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. I, I have this like. I have I know our identities in Christ, but it's like I'm finding like a, a new purpose in life, and like God's just just completely cleaned up uh, an IV heroin user, and it's just given him this new lease on life. Mm. And I'm like just so beyond grateful for, like I said, not even down to the way I think, the way I speak. Right. I like to encourage people. I've, I've understood my spiritual gifts, and uh, it's just it's crazy. Sometimes I just sit there and think about like I can't believe this in my life today. Yeah. 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 So so when when you first came in the first time, right? Did did you have what kind of relationship did you have with God when you first came in or did you? Um I've always there's been times in my life where I've attempted recovery and I've always like craved to want that relationship with God. Like I remember like Every time when I would like, I was like, what do you call like a 30 day miracle, 90 day wonder kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Could always yeah. get that 30 days, 60 days, can never get past that 90 to save my life. Without, but every, without relapsing. Without relapsing. Yeah. yeah. But it seems like every time when I would experience to get clean, <clears throat> the first thing I would do is I would dive into a church and just try to like, try to grasp the gospels or try to grasp a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I think it's not from maybe when I went to Sunday school when I was younger, I got saved or really what it is. But I've always like kind of wanted that. Once the drugs were in my life, I've always craved to want that. Yeah. But I never knew it. I never understood it. Never really knew it. Never really had like anything strongly being exposed to it besides the times when I had gotten clean. Right. Yeah. So what? what's the difference, though, you know, when you came, when you left and you came back? Your relationship with God changed, obviously. I mean, did it go from a from a, a a a believing to a knowing? I mean, how would you describe that? I think it was the people that God placed in my life during the time in Teen Challenge. Um, there was some iron in the program, <clears throat> some people that I was really close with, friends in the program, and you know, I saw what their walk with Christ was, and people that grew up in the church. And uh, it it started to help me understand more of what a relationship with God looks like. Um, I was just talking to my mom on the phone just the other night. And I was like, and she was talking to me kind of about something. She's like, I just, I can't really explain it. And I was like, mom, I I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes with God, it's something that we just can't explain. It's like a feeling Mm -hmm. inside that we just know. um, 
what our how to explain our explain our relationship with Christ. But yeah. um, so what I think what changed this time from this time was um, when I came in the program, there was like I there was true surrender. After the second day of being in the program, coming back, like I knew my feet were planted and I was committed. There was no doubt about it. I was like, I'm I'm finishing this out. I don't care how hard it gets. And there wasn't one time in that period of that year that I had thought about leaving the program. I knew I was there to finish what I completed, what mm. I didn't complete the first time that I came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I think I, just, I, I allowed God to finally start working on my heart and start understanding some core issues, survival lies and projected lies that I've lived in since I was younger, that things I didn't even really understand or realize that I didn't even know that had even affected me. Right. Yeah. Right. right. What, what, what did you learn about, about your addict self <laughs> while you were in the program? Yeah. And, and actually before you, let me back up for a minute. For those who don't know, <clears throat> uh, adult and teen challenge is a 12 month, uh, faith based recovery program. It, it is not, not per se a 12 step program, although it is 12 step supportive, um, I, I'm the director of education at the particular center that Greg was, was going to, and I teach a 12 step model. Dave was there. You got, uh, at one point and you, you yeah. taught the a 12 step model, the life re- recovery or the life renewal, life renewal, uh, program. There is a certified, yeah. uh, clinical based outpatient program. So it's not just faith-based. We also address the medical condition right. as well as the spiritual solution, right. which is a great balance, which is yes. a great balance and, and, and much needed. Um, but, you know, we talk about, and you know, you've heard me talk about our addict mm-hmm. self and our true self, yeah. right? What did you learn about your addict self? Um, man, there's like, there's so many things like about myself. Like I always like, I've been a people pleaser in my addiction mm. and uh, you know, I still at times struggle with that today. Um, I just, I just like seeing everybody happy. I'm just a real positive person and just want everybody to be in a good mood. So I find myself trying to try, trying to people please everybody. Um, in my addiction, what I learned about the addict self was that remember that in the beginning I talked about needing, finding meaning and purpose in a bag of weed well, it's like I just always wanted to be accepted by everybody else. And so if I could, I figured if I could have the biggest bag or if I could keep everybody high, then I would have all these friends mm-hmm. and I wouldn't feel like I was alone. And there's something crazy about when you could be in a room full of people and feel completely alone. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And uh, so the addict self... Um, it, it, it talks to uh, that part of your life that you felt abandoned, mm-hmm. like by your, you know, your mom and your dad, right? That's kind of where that, and I know where that comes from. I mean, I've, I've experienced that myself. Talk about that, uh, <laughs> that uh, the experience you had when you took that five day pass that one time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was like. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but to me, that was like. I think one of the game changers for you. Wow, that's so cool. You brought that up, Dave, because it totally was. So I went I went on a five-day pass home for... Uh, this is when you came back the second time, Yes, right? when I right. came back the second time, yeah. So here I am. I'm, I think I was eight months in the program, the longest amount of sobriety I'd ever had in my life at that time. Uh, I went on a five-day pass, and um, 
this was definitely a game changer for me and my program. So in my program, I'm pretty good when once I get in like a structured program, I could follow the rules, I could play the game, I could do sure. you know, I could as some people might say People please. Yeah. Right? <laughs> people please. <laughs> yeah. And uh so I went on my five day pass and uh I chose the that girl that was the nurse. So her kids had like kind of grew on me at what that time T- of her Talk friendship. about from the beginning when you guys were like when you stopped in like at the oh yeah to, yeah to get the burger yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah you have okay. a good memory dude because <laughs> I because it's important to to tell the yeah. whole story from the begin from the beginning. okay so my brother picks me up from the center from the center yeah uh so it's like it's early in the morning kind of like nothing's really open we wanted to stop and get some lunch it was actually probably about like maybe ten o'clock or something. And I, I, me and my brother, we like good food. And like, you know, whenever I experience a ride, we always want to go get good food. So we're driving through, I think it's Sweet Home of all places. There's not much open right. in Sweet Home at 10 o'clock. It's like this little podunk kind of town. Right. Not, right. I oh. mean, there's not a lot going on there. <laughs> not a lot of good oh. stuff, at least. And so we, we stop at this burger joint. Or not this, sorry, let me rephrase this. The only thing that we see that's open is this bar. Okay, so we stop at this bar, and my brother's like, are you sure you want to go in there? And I'm like, yeah, man, I just want a good burger. <laughs> yeah, because I should know all good burgers come from bar grills, yeah, right? right? And you yeah. know what's so crazy? Just, like, I, know, we I, don't want to go to the Tucker Fried Chicken across yeah, the right. street. But I, I, I felt some kind of type of like amusement to go and be able to sit in this bar, eight months clean, been in, like, been in this like subculture environment, Teen Challenge, where I'm like secluded from everything of that, mm-hmm. um, and so I felt like some kind of excitement just to be able to go in there and be around where there's maybe liquor on the wall or something like that, and maybe feel like oh, like I get this little confidence walk thing going. Like, I got, oh, I got this. this. Yeah, I got this. You know, and that's that's the the survival bias that we live off of, that I live off of. So uh, so we we go inside there. There's this girl and they're just cussing up a storm, right? Every word, and she's super pretty and she's kind of like my age and stuff. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like kind of trying to vibe with this girl. I haven't talked to like a woman, a female, a female in, a in, yeah. in a long, you know, a long time. So I'm like, and she's just cussing up this storm, right? And the next minute, she like invites us to sit up at the bar, right, to eat, and uh, and right away, I caught myself in my addictive behavior. I started just, I. I Went straight to the store before we even went there. Slammed an energy drink. I think I drank one before I went in there. Then I bought a Red Bull inside there. So here I am. I'm just zipping like on a thousand milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and so the and I saw the addictive behavior already started to take place at that time. And uh, so we stay there. My my brother's like, all right, we we get our food, we leave, we head to Bend. Um, and then, like, so the whole way, I'm just, I don't even know. I could probably, I could open up the door. It's like off of a movie. They open up the door and all the beer cans fall out. It's like you open up the door and all the rock star cans and all <laughs> fall out of the car. <laughs> I was in instant relapse mode at this time, which is wow. so neat to look back and see that and be able to understand that. So, uh, did you know that at the time or did you even think about it at the time? No, I didn't. It didn't even hit me until I'll tell you guys the biggest part of the story where it kind of brought the change in my program to where I, I felt like where I started to grow and started to process things and understand it. Cause I think when the attitude and the mindset shifted from thinking that, Oh, I got this all the time to, mm-hmm. I don't have this mm. and I need God in my life and just remember what, 
what's important and see the little compromises in my life that lead to the bigger the bigger end game. Yeah. And that's relapse. Uh so <clears throat> so we, we get to bend, um and it's around Christmas time and I and I, right away it's like a spiritual battle for me when I pull into my hometown. It's like I've used in every bathroom, I've used drugs in every parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um I know everybody over there and uh, so I had this like instant anxiety right when we got there. And uh and here I am like sucking down kombucha like it's like like it's like got some beer in it or like it's got real alcohol in it. Which is crazy. To Were you think. thinking in your head, kind of pretending? Like um, maybe, you know, I mean, it, it, kombucha is a fermented beverage, although it's not alcohol. <clears throat> Were you thinking, this is kind <clears throat> of like her? It's like point I, zero five, right? Yeah. I, I, you know what? It's so, I don't want to, I don't want to just say that, yes, but just because, like, I do enjoy, I'm like, a, I like to eat pretty healthy. I'm a pretty healthy guy, and I like the life. Live probiotics in it, but the right. way I was drinking it, I can't say that I was just drinking it just to enjoy uh, the fer- enjoy okay. the fermentation and the tea light process. Sure, sure. I think that somewhere in the back of my mind, yeah, I was kind of I was li- living on that in my yeah, head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we'll 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 kind of fast forward the story a little bit. So my my friend, she, the girl that I was living with, that was the nurse and stuff, and she wanted me to get out of jail and come back to her house. Um, so she, she, it was Christmas time and I wanted to see her kids open up Christmas presents and I go over there and I hang out with her. And, uh, so she, she was into like a more of like the upper kind of her part of her addiction and not the downer part where Mm -hmm. I was kind of more interested in. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can go over there. I'm not going to worry about this and come to find out, you know, time happens. So she ended up falling into the, to the, to the life of opiates and, uh. So I stay the night at her house, um, and, like, I have even more anxiety. I'm sitting there drinking coffee like it's alcohol at 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, right? Because I'm like, I know she's using, and she tells me that she is, and you can see it all over her face, and I'm like, what am I doing? And then, like, so I decide to smoke a cigarette. This is, like, kind of, like, what started to change my my. (laughs) It's so weird. It's so cool that you brought that up, Dave, because you just made me realize that was actually a huge turning point in my life. And it sounds something so silly, just a cigarette, right? Well, what that cigarette did, so I, I smoked that cigarette, and I woke up that morning, and then, like, my old drug dealer was at the house. It was crazy. Wow. I called my brother up, and I was like, Adrian, you need to come pick me up right now. And he was there in just two seconds. Wow. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I show up, and, like, one of my buddies is like, hey, come up here. I want to show you something. And I was like, no, man. I was like, I've been clean for <laughs> almost eight months now i'm in a program right now just came to see stephanie and he was trying to find me up in the room obviously wanted to get me high or something i'm not sure but yeah uh and it there it, it was just crazy like the like the the lifestyle of it that just like attracts me to it so much here it is it's christmas morning they got they have drugs they have all kinds of there's like four or five of them they're up in the room I'm like, you know, and I'm just like had this overwhelming feeling, you know what I mean? Because it's like I felt like that's where I've always belonged was mm-hmm. hanging out doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so I end up uh, going back to my brother's house. <clears throat> I smoked that cigarette. Well, Teen Challenge is so much of a structured environment that they UA for nicotine. Right. And it's a serious offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's kind of like, you know, uh, 
and, and, and let me just interject here for the listener's sake. There's a lot of residential programs out there that do not work on the nicotine issue, which is a shame mm. because if you go to, to quit one, you got to go through the grieving process all over again. It's better to get it all done at one time. And so uh, it's a non-smoking treatment facility. Mm. So we, we are putting a halt on all addictive chemicals. Yeah. Right. And, but tobacco's a boy. That's a rough one. Yeah, right. So here you are. You smoked yeah. a cigarette. So I made that compromise to smoke that cigarette. And so right before that, I was exposed to something called the faster scale inside the Genesis process. And uh, so when I when I got back to the program, I I <clears throat> they didn't UA me actually. Right when I got back to the program, I'm like yes, which is common. We usually UA yes. yeah, yeah when we get back from a past. And time. it was so funny because it was actually Monty. <laughs> that night I go to work, I come back, and it's around dinner time. And <laughs> Monty comes and puts his arm around me like this and smiles. And he's like, Have you taken a UA yet? And I was like, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, come on with that look. I'm like, almost like he knew. <laughs> and I was like, What is what's going on here? So I, I go inside, I take my UA, and I remember I tried like using some lie or something like that. I was like, Oh yeah, they I Hit a vape pen or something that wasn't supposed to have nicotine. Something just oh, ridiculous. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. the old yeah. vape yeah. pen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, anyway, so I ended up getting a week of loss of privileges. Well, in that week on loss of privileges, I ended up writing down from the time my brother on piece of paper from the time my brother picked me up to when we got to his house to what we did the next day to what we did the next day to the time that he dropped me off, and I was able to look at it, and this helped me understand. Uh, the faster scale and I saw where I was speeding up and when the anxiety took place and then to where I was in relapse mode. And, uh, and it made me, and it just, it, that's when I, my whole changing pattern, my whole thought process changed from me thinking that always that I know everything and that I got this figured out to understand that I don't have this figured out. And it's something I need to take to a day to day basis. And it's like, it's, that has taken so, so much impact in my life even today to where like everything's going so good in my life right now, the job's great. I'm doing wonderful. I'm I picked up really quick, um, and to where toward the thought coming back in my mind to where oh I got this, mm. and it's like I, that pro- what you brought up right there, Dave, about me going on that path and learning that is been able to set me back into my chair, shaking my head. No, Greg, you don't have this. Mm-hmm. You don't have this. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I went on this five day pass, I'm thinking like, okay, everything's gonna go good. <clears throat> That's that was the farthest thing from what I was gonna do because I knew when I got back, I was gonna have to take a UA. Right. So yes, yeah, you know, it's the little things in life like that that where we in any circumstances we can learn from something and just see, be able to lay it out on paper and see, okay, this is where I'm at, and then it soak in, and that's kind of what happened during that week is it soaked in my life, saying, "Man, you're far from having this figured out, buddy." Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. me know if you ever need a reminder. You got my number. Right. <laughs> I do. So, so when when Greg left the first time, before he left, I I told him I was going to hunt him down, mm. and I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially if you're on social media, there's no hiding from anybody anymore. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but even and this this speaks to the seriousness of uh, addictive use disorder and and not not even just that just our own egos right i mean 
even recently, I mean, you're plugged into an accountability group on Sunday nights. You're plugged mm-hmm. into church, right? You've got this job. You know, I remember whispering in your ear, don't get too successful, Greg. Mm. But even recently, you've had a little bit of a wake up, right? Yeah. You know, um, you just recently got a sponsor yeah. in Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. you know, and he don't mess around. No. Um, talk about that. So what, what's going on today? How are you maintaining your recovery? What are you doing? Mm. Um, well, so my, my morning starts off every day um, in the Word. And if, it, if I'm not in for whatever, I'm not opening up my Bible every morning. And that's kind of like just like what lines lines it up. Okay. So recently, like I'm like, I'm in this place. It's called a God gear house, but it's, I wouldn't say how God driven it is. Um, there's just nobody really encouraging your walk with Christ. So there's nobody, there's none of that there. I don't even know how that title fits the house, but right. it, somehow it's been given to For it. For lack of a better term, it's a sober living environment. Yes. Supposedly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, so, you know, me trying to like, when you, when you're in a place like Adult and Teen Challenge, um, it's a subculture environment. The world's going 10 miles an hour. Um, so transitioning into the world where the world's going 100 miles out here and I got to make time for God. I got to make time for fellowship. I got to make time for uh, maintaining my recovery. Um, it's something that it's like, it's like I kind of had to pick that up and learn that on my own. I feel like I've learned structure. I've learned discipline. I've learned how discipline turns into routine and how to apply that in my life, which is great. But so it's like out here, it's like making these time slots and carving out the time, something I had to do on my own. And uh, so for me, maintaining my recovery, I, I you want to know what's honestly, I think that's taken a, a big thing for filling my idle time is cooking. <laughs> really? <laughs> cooking. I'm like, I'm cooking really nice meals every night, cooking big breakfasts every morning. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, you know, so it's like filling the idle time with that. So I recently actually asked this great man, Butch. Butch came out one time. I heard his testimony. He had this just really profound testimony that was just really powerful. The guy should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had shared his testimony. And, and so I, one morning, I, would, I just kind of caught myself in, in a faster scale. I had a bunch of anxiety. I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel that I had confidence in recovery. It was where it was right at the beginning of when I first graduated Teen Challenge. Like I'm experiencing life coming me hundred miles an hour. I'm having to learn all this stuff at work. I'm having to juggle this, make time for this. I'm I'm like was having to eat out every day because I wasn't making lunches for work. And it's just like I felt like I was in a rush to the next thing. Boom, 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 mm. boom, boom. Mm. And so I asked I asked uh, Butch to to sponsor me. And uh, you know it's one of those things where life's still going hundred miles an hour. I hear Butch told me he wanted me to call him every day, and. Uh, life happens i didn't call him every day and one day he sent me a text and just convicted me and he was like look man he's like you said you wanted to be a part of recovery and he's like i don't want you to let work come your number one in life he's like i think you should come to the celebrate recovery meeting tonight i was like i really appreciate you reaching out butch and and sharing that with me so i went to the celebrate recovery meeting and i met this wonderful older gal there who really encouraged me and i met another guy there got my number we went out for lunch um so i just in one one shot, I expanded my recovery network system by like four great people that came up to me and wanted nice. my number. Nice. So I was just like, okay, <clears throat> this is good. This is good. And uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, Jesus isn't a blue pill, red pill kind of thing, right? 
can't just take the blue pill and think that, okay, I got, I have Jesus now. Everything's good in my life. I don't know. Okay. Sometimes I feel like when, when you become a Christian and you get saved, you're kind of lining up for the death march. I know that sounds, mm. hear me out on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Monty told me one time, he was like, great, you got a bullseye painted right on the back, on your back now. So when you walk out of here, mm. you got to remember you're going to be getting darts thrown at you left and right. And I've experienced that. So it's like having to come back to a place and being humble and relining myself up is something that it's a, it's a daily task. It's a daily struggle, you know, yeah. trying to remember <clears throat> what, what, okay. When, when I, when, when I asked Jesus to come in my life and be my Lord and Savior, what, what did I, what did I want out of that when I asked him to do that? We only have to ask Jesus to come in our life to be our Lord and Savior once. Right. But asking Living in God's will is something that we have to do every day. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. Well put. Wow. Guys, any got any questions for Greg? Any comments? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Are you are you cooking for the house? Uh you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually like one of those things, like when there's when there's guys that are at the house, I love asking them, Hey, would you guys like to would you guys like a meal? Yeah, I, you know, because I'm I'm usually cooking for like the week, right? I mean, I cook breakfast every morning, but it's like every three days I cook and kind of meal prep my food for the for the for the few days at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, I'm I'm doing it though. Like I'm making I'm making pesto chicken. I'm making like um, marinating tri tip, barbecuing on the uh, on the thing. I got these like protein pancake things. I'm making pancakes and eggs and sausage chicken sausage every morning like, <laughs> like i'm full on diving out a lot just last night i was i was uh, frying up some zucchini man just going all in add a bunch of chicken breasts inside they've been marinating for a few days and really good marinate but yeah i i asked that because i'm also in a god gear house at this time and, right uh, it is uh you've really got to pick up your program and, yeah and stay in touch you with do god there because it's not it's not mm-hmm. what the name portrays when you come in there. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad to see you're doing so well. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank great. you. I really appreciate that. And one other thing I'd like to share. So just, just this morning, so last night it kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, I need something a little more positive in my life. And it's like not that like there's not there, – I mean, I'm not that the God Gear House is not positive. I mean, these are guys that are coming in. They're getting their lives together. They're clean. I've experienced a couple of relapses in the house, and it's just like it's just something. Not you, you didn't, no. but but other guys yeah. relapse, right? And it's like, and I understand that that's something that you're going to experience. You're going to see that in life and recovery. Sure, but just right now in my life, with what the where I just was, like it's so easy to be on fire in a place like Adult Teen Challenge for Jesus. Like I was like on this spiritual roller coaster, just like mm-hmm. you know, and it's like. Mm-hmm. And and it but and transitioning out, I could see how people that come in the program they could lose their faith fire so quick, yeah. because the world's out here, and it's like you're trying to like, you're trying to like just keep up, you know, with just work and right. life and, and right. keep, keeping yourself going and the things that you like to do and then trying to keep God as the the beginning. Start my day off with God every day. Yeah, it's like come on, life's going fast out here. It's like I, I could put we'll do that later, and you could something. The first thing I feel like that you can put off to the side. So I'm on Craigslist, right? And I was praying to God, oh my God, I need something more positive in my life. And I'm, I'm on Craigslist, right? And I see this beautiful house and this great group of looking guys, right? And it says uh, a community living house, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it starts off in the ad. It says, if you're a young adult and you're looking to, to grow in your relationship with Christ um, and be active in our community and serve, right? And 
um, it shows a picture of the nice room, and it, this, and it, it shows completely how they're encouraging the gospels and how they're active in the community, um, helping people out, and just doing all these great things that I love to do. I love to serve, right? And so at like midnight last night, I shoot him this long email, right? Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm just like, and I'm like almost like thinking about it way too much. Where I'm like, God, I'm like, if if you make this happen and you let me find a group of guys that are that are on fire for you, that they're encouraging it on me, I was like. I'm, I will do it for you. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. in your will, Father. And the guy messaged me back. He's like, hey, man, God has a great way of connecting people. And uh, so I'm just like, you know, if this happens and this is the next season of life I get to go into, it's going to be completely from God. I'm going to see it as that because I want that faith faith fire. I want that, just light that fuse. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know? And I don't want to yeah. lose. I want back kind of what I had. I kind of feel like dim- dish- min- diminishing in my life, my relationship with God, just with yeah. At the dealership and yeah. Remember all those times when I told you your recovery really doesn't start happening until after you leave the door. Right. Oh program. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I <laughs> Marv, you got, you got any questions so for, for you got any questions for Greg? No, I don't have any questions, but it just reinforces what I've thought for a long time and we talked about it yesterday in the meeting. Um, you know, you the whole thing is 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 back to God, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And um, the other part of the story is, it's very true. Cunning, baffling, and powerful is out there waiting. And if we don't continue to go back to Christ or God, as the sure. program talks about, <clears throat> we're going to end up getting in that spot. Yeah, like. He did right over in Bend on yeah. his five days. Yeah, and um, and it just reinforces uh, how powerful God is and how much we need Him. And so it doesn't he, seem to matter how long you are abstinent. Oh no, it doesn't right. matter. Right, bit. all we've got is right now. Right. Was the the the, uh, the one of those books say something about? Uh, uh, our recovery is based. Uh, we have a daily daily reprieve Brief, yeah. based, based on, on our daily spiritual condition, right? Yeah, maintenance on the maintenance of it. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's why yeah. you know even when we were doing groups over in Life Renewal, we started mm-hmm. the group, or at least my group, with reading the meditation yeah. and talking about and then processing like what we got out of it because mm-hmm. the the whole thing was about preparing you guys for when you leave there. And you're like, well, what do I, what do I do? How do I start my day? And you got, you know, Teen Challenge where you get the Bible, you know, you got your daily yeah. devotions, and then you got Life Renewal, which kind of reinforces that. Um, Dave, that, that those were such special moments in my life. Even just you talking back on it is making me realize how, like, how near and dear Adult Teen Challenge is in my heart. You know, it's like you're waking up in the morning, and it's like there's something to be said about when you wake up. And you're grinding out your recovery side by side with a group of guys. And there's Jesus involved in the middle of it. Mm. And we're doing things like daily meditation. I mean, before even daily meditation in, with Dave, we've already woke up, ate breakfast, was in the Word, prayed. Uh, and then we start daily meditation. That's just the beginning of the day. Then we go into uh, right. an hour workshop class and then into another class. And then you know, we might even be in Monty's five-hour uh, class right after that. You know what I mean? So it's like... Right. You soak up so much. I'm just like I'm just, just right now. I have so much emotion just in my in my chest, just thinking about how what a blessing it was that God brought me to a place like that and allowed me to finish it 
and did that restoration of my life, you know, and I had people like Dave and people like Monty that aren't involved in recovery and no recovery and have Jesus in their life too, you mm-hmm. know, cause that's not always the case. He has people get clean sure, and they maintain their sobriety, but they're missing the biggest part, you know, cause joy is the good feeling in the spirit produced by God's will and reign that I've experienced. Mm. Mm. And so it's like when you have the joy of the Lord and you have recovery in your life, it's something when those two meet, it's, yeah, it's unexplainable. Yeah. Amen. It's a good reminder of, of, it sounds like you're, you're doing this more now on a regular basis about, uh, Reevaluate, you know, look, continuing to look at what our priorities are, like a daily priorities. Um, you know, what 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 comes first, right? Mm-hmm. You got that list, you know. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that I ask uh, guys is like, what are your priorities, and how you know, write it on the board or whatever. And oftentimes, you know, God uh, or your recovery is like third or fourth or even tenth on the list. Right. Ch- checking my emails, number one. Yeah, got to get a car, got to get a good job, you know, <laughs> right. got to make amends, got to, yeah. And it's like, you got to have, you know, you got to have God and you got yourself, right? You got to yeah. take care of yourself, which is part of recovery and that relationship with God, you know, and then your, you know, your family. Yeah. And then, and then your job, you know, yeah. um, and so often that it's upside down. That yeah. and we forget about that, especially when yeah. we get out of a program. Yeah, yeah. it's like now I got to get back to the real world. Yep, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. Uh, but we also have to remember that 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 component of what are my priorities today, and that if you yeah. you know, for me, it was just focusing on the you know one day at a time. Yeah, you know, pretty soon you know a year goes by and two years and four years. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was for me, it was going. To that every single day is like processing what is my main focus today yeah, yeah. and starting off with you know the word or, or the meditation in the morning because i know after 10 years even working in a faith-based program i remember there's days when we forgot to we didn't have time because we we're putting other things first not reading our daily devotion mm-hmm. right and how like the next day we or later on in the afternoon, we go back and like, hey, we should, you know, I look at it and I'm like, man, if we would have read this this morning, we could have dealt with the rest of the day so much easier, so much better, because it like spoke to what happened that in yeah. that day, and yeah. it just was, you know, for me, it was a reminder that yeah, I got to make sure that I keep focused and I do that that routine, you know, I, I keep yeah. the priorities, the main yeah. priorities. Yeah. Just to kind of kick flip off of what you said, Dave. Uh, so I was kind of thinking just recently like when we're talking about the cooking and stuff like that it's like in in life in routine uh when when we could remain teachable i've experienced that there's a lesson to be learned in life from every situation so me just graduating teen challenge i caught myself getting up getting dressed racing to work uh trying to do work quick jumble work and then get off work racing home to eat dinner, scarf down my dinner, to race to the gym, to come back home, to do a little laundry, to race to the shower, to bed. Mm. And it's like, and it hit me one day and I was just like wore out after this one week. Right. And I'm like, and I was like, and I was like, Greg, you need to slow down. What are you in a rush for all the time? And I, I remember I, and I, that maybe that was the Lord right there. That was, that said that. To me. <laughs> and that was the first night that I like, I cooked myself a nice meal and I was like, wow, this is good. And cooking a nice meal. Okay. You, you got to, you got to preheat the oven. You got to cut up the vegetables. 
you gotta um you gotta take time you got it takes some time yeah and so yeah. what that learning lesson did is it taught me how to slow down and smell the coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, literally just, yeah so, mm-hmm. <laughs> slow down quit trying to check the box i caught myself checking the box and every little thing that i was doing yeah and so i mean that's just another lesson from god that god taught me to 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 slow it down like dave just said take it one day at a time right and uh yeah so currently, you you are working as. So, what is the official title that you use <laughs> at the dealership? So, I'm a sales consultant for Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Right, right. And so, um, you've gone. Were you ever a drug dealer? Yes. Okay. So you went from that dealing. Now you're helping people get into automobiles so yes. they can have productive lives. Yeah. Right. Um, that's kind of a tricky job. I mean, yeah. because it does, it comes with a lot of negative stigma. Yeah. Right. Car yeah. salesman. Oh, you're yeah. one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but really any job does. Yes. It, right. So you, right. Ha- you have to hold your integrity there, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you, you have gainful employment, you're living in a sober living environment. You're accountable with your Sunday night accountability group. You're plugged into the church. You're going to CR, you have a sponsor, mm-hmm. all, all, all the pieces are in place. And yet, life can still come at you at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So it's a daily, it's like you were just saying, you know, um, it, it, it's a daily maintenance of our spiritual condition. Yeah. And, and being on the show is part of maintaining that. I mean, yeah. it's part of giving yourself away. You know, and, uh, and so I just want to thank you so much for being willing to do this and share yes. your story with us. Good deal. Thank you. So, having me on the show. Listen, what would you say to that guy or gal who may be tuning in for the first time? That's like, I just don't think. I just don't know if I can do this thing, man. I I don't know if. I, I mean, I, I don't. I want the pain to stop. I want the consequences to change. Maybe that's their only motivation right now. Uh, what would you say to them? You know, for for just speaking, if I could share it like this. It, I wouldn't have found real recovery if if it wasn't for um, a place allowing me to come for a year. It takes a year. I know that sounds like a long time. It does a year, but the restoration that I've experienced and the and the mind change, the mindset, the the motivation, the ambition that I have today, it had to be a year. Mm-hmm. And boy, do I not regret it at all. There's over a thousand teen challenge centers worldwide. Teen Challenge opened up a door for me and gave me a bed to come into a year to find do some real soul searching. I remember the day when I looked in the mirror and I said, Hi, Greg, for the first time. Mm-hmm. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, There you are. I start I met myself just recently for the first time a year ago. Your authentic s- self. My authentic yeah. self. And uh, you know, so I I would say to that person suffering you know, we're all at different walks and stages in our life. I needed a place to come to for a year. <clears throat> I would recommend looking into an adult teen challenge program. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful place it is. There's so many joyful moments in my life. And though that building, it's near and dear to my heart. A place to come and to find your true self. Yeah. To find a meaning and a purpose in life. To uh, the opportunity to get more than you've been given. You know, nobody wakes up in life and says, they, I want to be an addict. 
Right. No child wakes up and says, I want to be an addict when I get older. Right. You know, it's unfortunate that we find that. Yeah. That's what I would do. So if you are listening and what Greg just said is speaking to you, uh, we're here in the Pacific Northwest, but there are adult and teen challenge centers. Uh, don't let the word teen scare you away. That, that, is, that is an old terminology that we've held on to for a long, long time because people don't know it. They, they recognize it. You know, uh, We have teen centers. We have women's centers. We have adult and teen challenge centers. The, the adult centers are, are all adult. Um, but if you go to teenchallengeusa.com and click on the center locator, you can find uh, centers all over the world. And, and check that out. We happen to be here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you are interested in talking more and you want to talk to somebody in intake at our center, uh, you could call our number at 541-491-1002 and ask for Brandon. And uh, that link will be up uh, on our Take 12 Recovery Radio page as well. Greg, any last comments? Um, just what a great way to start the morning off today. Just want to thank yeah, each and right every one of you guys in this room. Yeah. So, well, thank you, brother. Yes. Yeah, right on. All right. There you go. Straight from a guy who was going nowhere quick, mm. and he's going somewhere and taking his time a little slower now. Yes. Right? And, <laughs> and enjoying all the, that God has for him in life through his recovery. All right. Our closing song this week is by Brian Duncan. It is entitled Step by Step. Check this out. And we'll just take it one step at a time after that. One clap at a time.
accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life And supremely happy with you Brian Duncan. For more of his great recovery-focused music, visit his website at brianduncan.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N Duncan.com. All right. A special thank you to our guest, Mr. Gregory Cruz, for sharing his experience, strength, and hope. It is a marvelous thing to see somebody go from mess to message, isn't it? Until our next broadcast. This is the Monty Man, along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Here, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs>